Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. Charles W. Chuck Bryan is seated across from me. And uh, that would make this Stuff You Should Know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> How you doing? I'm feeling a little rough, my friend. Are you? Yeah, I'm all right. You look um, tab white. You know, uh, Timmy, my hazardous waste uh, buddy, he turned 40 yesterday. Oh, really? So we went out and had a nice dinner and then, you know, went out afterward. Italian? Yeah, nice. Italian. Nice. Can we, you we uh, create a little hazardous waste of our own. Gross. <laughs> that is gross. It Chuck. is, isn't yeah, it? I'm wow. sorry. Um, well, I'm glad you made it in. I'm here, week. man. I'm ready. You're sitting upright, as I said, and seated across from me. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you a story, Chuck. Let's hear it. Please try not to fall asleep, okay? There's an octopus that you probably have never heard of because he got almost no press coverage whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. But his name's Paul. I've heard of him. You have? Yeah, the World Cup uh, octopus. Okay. Well, I, I forget. You do lots of research. Most people haven't heard of this octopus, <laughs> yeah, right? right? His name is Paul, and he lives in the Sea Life Center in uh, Germany, mm-hmm. a German town that I'm not familiar with. Right. And um, he had a tendency, believe it or not, to pick the winner of the eight final World Cup matches in 2010. Yeah, didn't he like pick a whatever flag he picked up or something? No, it was um, they would present no. <laughs> him with two boxes with oh, muscle right. in each box, yeah, and then yeah, on yeah. one box it would have like you know who's playing who, right? And he he ate the muscle out of the right box every single time. In my mind's eye, he waved a little flag. Right. I just totally created that, or he sucked it up in his beak, right? Because octopi have beaks. Oh yeah, and I'm going to say octopi. I think probably most of this podcast, but. I'm going to go with octopuses. Octopuses is a way to go. You could also say octopods. Mm-hmm. Um, there are at least three plural forms of octopus. Wow. So you could say cactuses, I guess. Cactopods, maybe. Yeah. I don't think the pods no. would transfer over because octopi are um, cephalopods, right? Which means head foot. It means head foot, literally means head footed, and that means uh, when you look at an octopus and all you see is a head and arms, and that's why. That's why they, they get that name. Right, and um, it turns out that the area of its eyes are not its head, Chuck. Oh, really? <clears throat> as far as I understand. What's that? That the, the big part that you would think is its head, it's its mantle. Oh, okay. We're getting ahead of ourselves, so you want yeah, to classify yeah. this thing a little better? Yes, uh, we're going to classify it um, as the phylum mo- uh, mollusca, um, with snails and slugs and clams and things like that. Yeah, and um, in the class of cephalopoda, which along with uh, their buddies the squid and like nautilus and things like that, but they don't have um, like an outer shell like a lot of mollusks do. No, or an inner shell, which apparently squid have as yeah. well. And we'll we'll get to that though, and why. But what they lack in yeah, what they lack in um <laughs> shellness. <laughs> yeah. They they make up for in spunk and pluckiness because they are probably the most interesting mollusks of all. Dude, octopuses are extremely fascinating. Mm-hmm. And that's why I picked them. We don't do like and this one is on cats. <laughs> I mean, I love cats, but cats are not fascinating. <laughs> Cat lovers are going to hate you. Um but octopuses are definitely fascinating endlessly to me at least and uh since you mentioned the mantle, I guess we should talk about that. 
Well, yeah. The if you look at an octopus, you see the eyes, and then right behind the eyes, it looks like its head. No, the the eyes are actually attached to the head, and what's behind it is called the mantle. Yeah, and the mantle is where all of its internal organs are stuffed Dude, into. Right, everything is in that bulbous sac. The anus, the gonad, uh huh, the posterior salivary she gland. She just giggled when you said anus and gonad. She always does. Good lord! Sometimes I'll just walk past her in the hall and just be like, anus, gonad, and she'll just <laughs> start tittering. So everything's up in there, right? Yeah, digestive gland. Right. The anus, the gonad. Right. She's still laughing. <laughs> she did it again. And uh, the, the mantle is like an extremely strong muscle, and part of the reason for that is as uh, to protect all those organs, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it also helps with um, respiration. And there's also a funnel. Uh, this is awesome, too. That um, we will get to later. Yeah. It's going to come up here or there. So like keep an eye out for funnel. Uh-huh. If this were Pee Wee's Playhouse, that would be the, the secret word of the day. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Well, let's just make it that. Okay. And uh, also, they call that a siphon, and then, like you said, we'll explain what that does. Uh, <laughs> but we should talk about, we should just go ahead and lead off, I think, with the most fascinating part of an octopus to me is the, the camouflaging abilities. Yeah. I was going to say its blood was blue. Well, you know what? Go ahead and take that one. That's good. That's pretty <laughs> Do cool. Do you want me to? Yeah, blue blood. All right. Well, your blood is red, as is mine. Yes. As is all of our listeners. Because we're American. <laughs> That's right. Um, and we're not wealthy. But um, octopi apparently are because they have blue blood. Right. And the reason our blood's red is because we have an iron, um, iron-containing protein called hemoglobin yeah. that binds oxygen together in our bloodstream mm-hmm. for more efficient delivery, right? right? Octopi have blue blood. Because they have a protein in their blood called um, hemocyanin, mm-hmm. and cyan is another name for blue. There you go. And their blood is blue because hemocyanin is uh, copper-based, right? Yeah. It's a copper-based protein. And I guess that makes the diff. It does. In the color. It makes all the diff. But that's really interesting because you pointed out something that has to do with one of their most fascinating features. That because they have low oxygen levels, mm-hmm. they have three hearts. Yes, two. And, yeah, two pump, and pump blood to the gills, right? Yeah. And then one handles the rest of the body. That's right. That's so awesome. It is. Nature finds a way. <laughs> Always. Like, you know, it's like, I guess we'll put another heart. Yeah, 600 million years, we're going to get three hearts. Uh, so that is awesome. But back to what we were saying, it's, which I think is the most awesome. not as awesome as yours. The color changing, well, it's not mine. <laughs> the color changing, camouflaging ability of the octopus. If you've never seen it, mm-hmm. go to YouTube and type in octopus color change. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's unbelievable. There's 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 one. It's like 15 seconds long, where the beginning of the shot, you literally are going like, "All right, where's the octopus?" Wow. And then it's you know part of this reef. It shoots off, changes color in like under a second, mm-hmm. which it can do, mm-hmm. and then attaches to another reef, and boom, it's that color and looks exactly like that reef. Wow. It's mind blowing. Yeah, and we have no idea how it knows what color to change. Two, right? No, we don't know how it knows, but we know how it does. Right, exactly. There, uh, it's through chromatophores, right? Yeah, that's the secret. Okay, so chromatophores are little cells that have like three pigment sacs in each. Yeah, so very tiny pigment sacs that, depending on the muscle surrounding the cell, Uh um, whatever color needs to be featured is is expanded or contracted. Yeah. So the other two will be hidden while one is is expanded. Yeah, and uh, that's a cell, as I said, which means it's very, very tiny, uh-huh. and the octopus's skin is covered tens in, of thousands of them. Right, and each one is, is controlled by a different nerve. Right. 
Yeah, and uh, the way they put it in the article to understand how that works is is pretty good. I think Jennifer Horton did a great job. It's like if you put a uh, if you color a section of rubber band mm-hmm. and, and then you stretch it out in an instant, it's going to look completely different color wise, and then right. it contracts and it's going to be a very deep color. And so it's, that's what it's, it's doing. Spreads over a larger surface area too. Yeah, but since each chromatophore is, is controlled by its own nerve, um, its own nervous system, right? No, the nervous system controls each one independently. Okay, gotcha. So it's like the nervous system is going, okay, you're going to end in this chromatophore. Right. Right, and tens of thousands of them. So you have all these mind-boggling different combinations. So the the color change can be very – it's not just like, okay, I'm going to be blue now. Right. It's it's like I'm going to be speckled like this coral reef that you were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm going to look exactly like whatever I'm next to. Or a sandy bottom. And it also doesn't hurt that they have – um Oh, what are they called? Uh, the little mirror-like reflective cells? Iridophores. Uh, yes. Yeah, they mirror uh, the surrounding environment, so that helps. And then for the texture, mm-hmm. they have projections called papillae <laughs> on their skin, and they can actually change textures to blend in as well, which right. is these videos on YouTube, dude, it's insane. It doesn't look like nature should be able to do what these things do right in a second. Right. And it's really awesome. So, uh, at least one researcher um, said that... Uh, Chameleons camouflage is humdrum by comparison. Oh yeah. Have you seen though that one chameleon on YouTube with the different colored sunglasses? Is that real? I I think it is. I got the impression that that was a, a photoshopped or something? something. I didn't know that they could change that quickly. But they still got nothing on these octopuses. Okay. So even if it were photoshopped, they still aren't as good as an octopus. No, not okay. not by a long stretch. Gotta check those out. It's awesome. Um. So, Chuck, one of the, well, the main reason why they can change colors, not so they can be on YouTube. Right. Um, it's so they it's can perk. evade predators, right? Yeah, and hunt better and hide. Sure. For prey and stuff like that. Um, but one of the, one of the, I, I guess one of the characteristics they're most famous for, um, is for evading predators is their ink, right? Yeah. Octopus can blow a bunch of ink in your face. Yeah, and you mentioned the uh, the siphon funnel earlier. They use that in uh, conjunction with the ink sac, so they'll spit out some ink, mm-hmm. which itself would be just like a very concentrated ink blob. Or, yeah, it could be like little globules, too. Yeah, they'll do that sometimes. Um, they, I think, why do they do that? To, uh, As decoys? Yeah, decoy. But if they want to like evade something, if they're in a major threat mode, they'll squirt out some of the ink and then shoot out a big puff of water from their funnel that they're holding and uh, all of a sudden, that creates the big, like, James Bond oil slick. <laughs> right. Probably actually would be more like a cloud that you deep, can't the see. The Deepwater Horizon oil slick. Deepwater Horizon. It was all octopuses. Oh, was it? <laughs> uh, the ink, though, also contains uh, triocyanase, and that impairs taste and smell. So that you not only if you're a predator, like you're a shark, let's say, not only can you not see... Your, your, you know, remember the the things in the nose of the shark? Sure. Yeah, that'll affect that, and they'll just get all wacky, and they won't know what to do. I, they start swimming around in circles and smoking cigarettes frantically. Yeah, exactly. They get a little upset with that. So, um, especially with the the kind of nervous system that uh, octopuses have to have to um, for each chromatophore to be right. controlled by its own nerve ending. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to release ink, that kind of stuff. Th- this process is that an octopus goes through. It-, it shows that they do have a big central nervous system. Oh, yeah. But they also have like a pretty decent-sized brain as well, right? Yeah, and you know, um, before we move on from the disguising thing, the-, the brown octopus, we should point out, can uh-huh. also contort its shape to look like other things. Right. And they think that it chooses 
what to look like depends depending on what's going on. Like, uh, I think the example in the article was um, damselfish. Yeah, if they're confronted by a damselfish, they'll all of a sudden be like form of a sea snake <laughs> because the damselfish is afraid of the sea snake. Right, and the octopus will look like a sea snake. It's like it's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Have, you, have you seen the sea snake video? No. No. Did you watch any white snake videos today? <laughs> no. <laughs> I love white snake though. So an octopus's brain is yeah. um, proportionately speaking, in some cases, as uh, as big as a mammal's. Yeah. Um, or a bird's. Yeah. Birds don't have the smallest brains. Well, and it's definitely the most evolved uh, of the cephalopods for sure. Yes. Smartest of a lot, from what we can tell. It is, and um, it, again, the uh, the nerve endings that we were talking about. Yeah. Um, the the central nervous system. I keep wanting to say nerve endings. The central nervous system. Um, is separate from the brain, right? Yeah. That's what they, they've learned through uh, studies show that they, like what may happen is they operate independently. So the brain will like send the order out to do something mm-hmm. and then just kind of take it off the list. And then each arm has its own nervous system and it will decide how to accomplish that task. Right. Apparently three-fifths of the nerves in the octopus's body is in its arms and its tentacles. And there's eight Independent nervous systems mm-hmm. because and, of the And Chuck, tell them how how they figured out that arms have their own central nervous system. <laughs> I just thought this was mean. It sounds very mean. Uh, what they did was they severed the nerves in the arms from the other nerves in the bodies and brain, and then they tickled it. And then they found out with some delight, I would imagine, that, look, they're still ticklish. Right. Even though their brain doesn't know this is going on. So that's how they proved it. And these uh, researchers were pretty... Um, I guess a little uh, intrepid because the arms are very powerful. Oh yeah, it's almost all muscle, uh-huh. um, and they can since they don't have any bone in them, mm-hmm. and there's tons of muscle and nerve endings in them. They can um, do just about anything, including go semi rigid and bend at a spot like we can bend our yeah, arms, like, like at our elbow. Yeah, crazy. It is very crazy. They were talking about in here wrestling sharks, and if you want to also delight yourself, go to YouTube and type in. Shark battles uh, octopus, and this octopus is like camouflaged, and this shark swims by it like a decent sized shark, and all of a sudden this octopus just like leaps and wraps this thing up, and and the shark cannot get free. You see this like massive, strong shark like wrestling, and the octopus will not let it free. See now, octopuses have a feature that we're going to get to in a minute um, that I find as unsettling as anything. Which one? The beak. Oh yeah. But first, let's talk about the eyes while we're on like the basic physiology of it, right? Yeah, they're kind of like our eyes, right? They're they're actually better than our eyes. They have eight layers uh-huh. of um, of films right. that make up like their cornea, I guess, or what would be our cornea. And they're huge uh-huh. too because they need to capture more light, right? Uh, because it's dark down there. Sure. But actually, camera manufacturers figured out that they could basically replicate an octopus's eye. Uh, cornea to, for camera lenses, and that's no actually led to a huge decrease in um, the cost of cameras. Really? Yeah, because before you had to have eight different lenses because lenses blurred oh, on at the, the edges, edge, sure. right? So you had to have eight different lenses to, to kind of work out that blur, wow. but that's oh, that's pretty big. That's yeah, a yeah. big camera, and they figured out after replicating octopus's eyes that they could do it for a lot cheaper. So bye-bye octo lens. No, hello, OctoLens. They still used eight? 
They just, well, no, what it's now is an octopus eye lens. Right, so. I just meant they lens. Octo lens. So it's goodbye, octo lens. Hello, octo lens. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, the other thing too, Josh, I found remarkable is they, you always see octopuses kind of like, you know, monkeying their way along the bottom very slowly. They can jet like 25 miles an hour. Yeah. If they need to. Which is 40 kilometers per hour. That's really fast. It is. And again, remember we were talking about the siphon. That's how they do it. They suck in a bunch of water uh-huh. uh, into the mantle, seal it off, and then blow it out the siphon. And they can angle it and steer themselves that way, right? Yeah. That's crazy. At the very least, they can shoot in the opposite direction right. at up to 25 miles an hour through water, by the way. Yeah. Which is oh, this know, isn't through the air. Doesn't. No, <laughs> they don't shoot out of the water. Wouldn't that, that be a weird world if yeah. you just looked out in the ocean? And there were octopi just yeah jumping out. I remember the first time I saw the shark breach on the uh, Discovery Channel. It was like mind blowing for me when the shark leaps from the water completely oh. out of the water. The Great White. I have not seen that. Yeah, it was one of the it was one of the like money shots for planet Earth. They <laughs> caught it on like the super slow mo camera. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable. Cool. Uh, so should we talk about where they hang out, their their life, basically? Their little solitary octopus life? Yeah, and I didn't realize this, although now that I, I learned it, it makes sense. Octopuses live um, on their own. They pretty much only are around other living octopuses when they mate. Yeah. And even that's kind of a letdown. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and they live by themselves in uh, dens, wherever they happen to be living right then is called their den. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can be anything from, from uh, you know, beneath some rocks to right. uh, an old jar or something that made it down to the bottom of the floor, the ocean yeah, floor. Yeah, if it's a small one, obviously. Right. Uh, but they can squeeze in to some pretty sure. tight areas because, again, they have no bones. Yeah. Um, but they change location like every couple of weeks and no one's ever been able to figure out why they do that. Yeah. That's for some reason that struck me as sad, but I, I don't know. I just picture like the lonely octopus, getting the lonely paranoid octopus. Yeah, getting sick of his den and like moving every two weeks. But yeah. maybe he just wants to change the scenery. Who knows? Uh, and octopi generally walk, right? Yeah, they use their uh, suckers. Everyone knows about the suckers on the underside of the arm, and they help to propel it along the bottom of the ocean. And those little suckers are really, really sensitive. They have ten thousand neurons apiece. So while they're swimming along and or walking along the ocean, they're also like checking things out with their suckers, like food and stuff like that, or right. threats. And we should say at this point that we've been talking. We probably should have said this at the beginning, but if you are an octopus nerd, um, we've been talking the entire time about the non-finned octopus, the right? Inserate, sure. Not the much rarer and less discussed and less studied serrate or finned octopus. I didn't look up a picture of those. You know what they look like? No. I don't either. They have fins. I feel bad for those guys because no one ever talks about them. Well, they keep to themselves. Do they? Yeah. Like all octopi. So, Chuck, we've gotten to the point now where the the most unsettling part of any octopus for me emerges, and that is the beak. It's awesome. Octopus is squishy, boneless, uh, muscular little... Weird things have a beak very similar to a parrot's. I know. A little right stabby, strong in beak. In the center of the underside of their head, where all their legs come together. Yeah, it's in the, up inside the mouth. But, and they don't have uh, standard teeth, per se, but they have the beak, and they have something called a radula, which is a barbed tongue. And so basically, they'll use the beak to crack a clam open. Yeah. You don't then, need teeth when you have a beak. I like know. That. And then they'll use the radula to like scrape out the meat 
mm-hmm. like a little finger to scoop it out. Right. And then the last thing I want you to say, because that's, that's really awesome. The salivary pepia? Yeah. Yeah, that's like this, um, it's a bone, it's a, it's like a tooth covered organ that they can yeah. shoot out from between the beak, which by the way, is surrounded by lips. Yeah. Uh, they can shoot it out and, and drill uh-huh. into uh, a shell, like a shell they can't open. They'll just drill into it That's and crazy. suck out. Have you seen Starship Troopers? Uh, yeah. You remember the brain worm or the brain bug? Oh, yeah. And it's That's like probably based on that. Sucking huh? brains out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Does it remind you of that? Yeah. I think it's pretty cool that they have those just those little, it's like a little Swiss Army knife. They're, depending on what they want to use right? or what they need to use, they can just like use whatever tool that's inside their little mouth. There. Right. And when they come upon prey, m- most likely what they'll do is they'll wrap their legs, they'll catch it uh-huh. like in a net, and then pull it close to them and, and just envelop it completely and just go to town with it on with the beak. Right. Or one of the other tools. <sighs> uh, the other cool thing, too, about the salivary papilla is that, or papilla, is it papilla or papilla? Uh, papilla. Tortilla, tortilla. Uh <laughs> They secrete, that, that thing secretes something that erodes the shell. So mm-hmm. if it's like a really tough clam to get into, while they're drilling in, it secretes this thing that like erodes the shell as it's digging in to make it easier. Yeah. That's just another amazing like evolutionary feat to me. Yeah. How did you know octopuses were so interesting to select this article? I didn't. I think I always thought they were cool looking, uh-huh. and I just happened upon the article and read the first page, and it's like, yeah, this is a keeper. The male pillow octopus got you? Yeah, we should talk about that little oh, guy. Oh, we definitely will. We, we'll talk about that guy with reproduction. How about that? Okay. So first, we're going to talk about being born, and that the feeding goes directly into that, yeah. appropriately enough, because octopuses are masters at metabolizing food. Actually, an octopus, by the time it dies, it will weigh one-third of all the food it's ever eaten. That's it crazy. puts food to use that well. Yeah. And apparently, um, a young octopus grows body weight, uh, increases its body weight 5% daily. Yeah. Wow. That, that's crazy. And they, they don't know a lot about the, the little baby octopus, but some of them they do know will like kind of float near the surface as tiny, tiny little specks. And as they grow, they start to fall. And then some of them, though, are born uh, slightly larger, like on the seafloor. Right. But they're but like that's, they're that's on their own it. once they're born. That's well, like, yeah, once the uh, well, let's let's talk about let's back it up reproduction, Chuck. How is that little thing born? So tell 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 everybody about the male pillow octopus. Well, the male pillow octopus is uh, one of the cool things about it is that it's tiny, tiny, tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, how big is this thing? About a cent- a couple of centimeters. A couple of centimeters long, weighs less than a gram. Yeah. The trick is, and you think, all right, and that's cool. There are small things in the world. I think I've eaten one of those. The trick is, by accident. No, sushi. Oh, okay. Never yeah. again. Uh, the trick is, though, they uh, the females of the same species are more than six feet long and weigh 100 pounds. They're right. 40,000 times the size of the male. Yeah. And uh, Jennifer Horton put in a perspective here. That would be like... Um, one of us asking out the, um, well, asking out. Right. Let me put that in air quotes. Uh, a woman five times? Four times. Four times as, as large as the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Proportionally. It's a lot of woman. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so you might think, well, how in the world would these things mate if this octopus is so much bigger? Uh, what happens in the, the case of the male pillow octopus is he will, um, he has a, an arm 
All octopuses have an arm. Well, all octopuses have the arm that contain the, the sperm. Is that right? Yeah. It's called the hectocotylus. Hectocotylus. And instead of doing what some <laughs> octopuses do, which is to uh, put that uh, with the woman, uh-huh. they will actually break it off and just say, here, just take this and, and use it whenever you need it. And please don't hurt me. <laughs> and, I, and then they swim away and die. Well, the the males actually um, die within a, f- a couple of months yeah. after um, reproducing once. So they pull off their hectocotillus. <laughs> it's like a naturalization <laughs> class in here. Hectocotillus. Hectocotillus. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and and giving it to the to the female, which she just stores in her mantle. Yeah, she keeps it until, until she's later. ready to have babies, basically. Right. So then she lays the eggs. Takes out the sperm arm. <laughs> the little magic wand, the hectocotillus. Right. Um, and then s- basically just spreads it over the eggs to uh-huh. fertilize them. Yeah. Or there are some uh, species of octopi that um, where the hectocotillus is inserted into the female's oviduct. Right. So there is some sort of sexual act. The traditional thing that you think about. Right. Happens sometimes. Lots of ink. Uh, before we move on from the little guy, though, the little uh, pillowcase guy. I'm sorry, the little pillow guy. There's no case. He also um, has been known to rip off the t- uh, tentacles of a man of war mm-hmm. and use it as a sword to protect himself because he's like build up resistance to the poison. Yeah, I love this little guy. Yeah, he's like the fiercest little beast in the ocean. And what's interesting is he's not supposed to be doing that because that's tool use. Yeah, and we there was actually um, I think like a couple of months back there was a big sensation on the internet about. Uh, an octopus being filmed using coconut shell halves as portable, like store, uh, portable um, habitats. I guess. Oh, really? So we just carry it around, and then every once in wow. a while, I look around and like get under it. Uh huh. Um, it was pretty cool. But animals aren't supposed to use tools, right? No, they're not. But octopi do. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, like you said, they'll have the little egg hatch, and the female will die as well after hatching the egg, which is really sad. And yes, but she protects it the entire time. Yeah, she like blows water over it and keeps mm-hmm. it nice and clean. So, and she might be she might be caring for these eggs for between two to ten months. Right. And she's not eating at all. Oh, and really? Then, yeah. And then once they start to hatch, she's out of there. She may not. She doesn't die quite then. Right. But That'd she's gone. So they're solitary. She, the aside from the moment when they're mating, and the moment these eggs hatch. They're on their own, like octopi are solitary animals. Well, and not a very good chance of survival either, right? Don't right. a lot of them die? Yeah, with the uh, giant Pacific octopus, right, which can grow up to I think six hundred pounds. Yeah, those are the big ones. Um, yeah, they um, they have a one percent survival rate for going from hatchling to ten millimeters. Just to ten millimeters. Yeah. Wow. Tragic. We need Sally Struthers in here. <laughs> uh, what else we got? We oh, the have, personality stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, we were talking about them, you know, using tools. They're not supposed to do that because they're cephalopods, so they're supposed to be stupid. They're all, you know, mating and eating. Yeah. And evading, maybe. Right. But octopi kind of buck that trend um, among even cephalopods. Yeah. They found some that have, some can open jars, have learned to open jars, which is pretty remarkable. Outside of their tanks. Well, that too. They've yeah. found some that have gotten outside of their tanks and like gotten into the food bins. Right. And then they found some that can open jars, some that can work mazes. Some that know like uh, to pick a red ball over a white ball. That's so crazy. Some that can call the World Cup. 
Right, absolutely. So octopi aren't supposed to have personalities, um, but we have come to realize that they largely do, thanks to the work of a marine biologist named Jennifer Mather, right? Yeah, she and uh, Roland Anderson are two biologists that um, kind of got the feeling that they might, you know, from seeing all these things in these aquariums, mm-hmm. that they might have a personality, and that's kind of a hard thing to test. Right. But they did it. What was the other guy's name? Roland what? Roland Anderson. Anderson, he was the one who was tending, uh, or he worked at the Seattle Aquarium. Is that where it was? And he found out that the keepers named three um, species of animals. I think it was otters, seals, and um, their giant Pacific octopi. Oh, really? And normally, like that, you don't you, you reserve naming an animal based on its personality, right? And since octopuses aren't supposed to have personality, you want to know what's going on, right? So he went and found out, and he found that um, leisure suit Larry, yeah. Apparently, this is a very um, touchy feely octopus. When uh-huh. its handlers would get in its its tank, he'd just be all over him, like, "Hey, baby, how's right. it going?" <laughs> um, and then Emily Dickinson was so shy that she eventually had to be replaced because she just hide be- behind the artificial barrier. Oh, and, really? Like would never come out and like look just like it too. So people didn't even notice. Right, exactly. Uh, and then and she there, wrote poetry as well. I right, sad poetry, <laughs> right. but good stuff. And then there was Lucretia McEvil, right? Yeah, and uh, this one destroyed. Her tank, the interior of her tank. Right. So she was obviously pretty feisty. She was. And uh, apparently they were afraid to get in there with her because, again, this oh, is really? a gi- giant Pacific octopus that can grow up to 600 pounds. Yeah. So if you have a McEvil one, it's trouble. Well, and once you see this video of it wrestling a shark, I would be like, I'm not going anywhere near that thing. Right. So they, um, the Anderson and Mather decided to, to come up with some... I guess some stimuli. I think they they open the cage. They put a brush into the tank. Uh-huh. See what they would do. And I can't remember. There was another one. Um, and then they they figured out that these these octopus showed nineteen distinct behaviors. Wow. And they put it into three buckets. Right. Activity, avoidance, and reactivity. So what happened? Well, what <laughs> happened was they figured out that these these octopus actually were showing personality. Wow! Like they had person, like a, an octopus would. You could say this octopus right here, uh-huh. number eighty nine, is going to do this if we do that. But the octopus in the next tank over will do something different. That's personality, and octopus aren't supposed to have that. They also the same group. Um, I kind of looked over the article. It's in the February two thousand seven issue of natural history, right? Uh-huh. They found that um, a couple of octopuses played. Oh, really? They gave them a prescription bottle filled with, or like half filled with water. With Oxycontin? A couple of, <laughs> right, yeah. They really played. They got really lethargic, I, I bet. Um, they would play with it like they were bouncing a ball. Really? In their tank. Wow. Yeah. These little guys are awesome. They really are. And girls. Yes. Uh, the other cool thing that they did, uh, the octopuses did in these tests was they wanted to see how they did with problem solving. And so they like wired clam shut so -hmm. they couldn't, because traditionally they'll break the clam open and scoop it out. And they wanted to see if the octopus would just be like, oh, I'll just eat something else. I can't get into this one. Right. No, no. What these things did was they said, okay, I'll get out my drill. And even though this is not how we get into clams, I'm going to drill into this clam. And not only that. But after a few tries, they figured out the best point at the clam to drill in to get the best meat, like right there in the center. Right. They figured all this out. Yeah. Unbelievable. They're very smart. Very smart. Uh, you could play cards with an octopus. There's been octopus gangsters before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So they're very smart. Sure. I mean, you have to have an organized brain, an organized mind to participate in organized crime. I would think so. so yeah. I hope everyone found this as fascinating as I did. I hope so, too. All they have to do is go and type in octopus change color, and there's just like scores and scores of videos. And you can also read this very comprehensive article yeah, on the site, one. How Octopuses Work. Mm-hmm. Remember, you can say octopuses, octopi. As a matter of fact, I think everybody should walk around and call them octopuses. So and when they're corrected, corrected, you could be like, no, jerk. You can say <laughs> octopi, octopuses, can't we all get along? And I found out because these other two jerks told me. Right. Because they, some jerk, wrote an article. <laughs> and they'll be like, well, you're a jerk for listening to those two jerks. And it'll just go downhill from there. I wonder what the octopus's garden is. You know that Beatles song that Ringo sang? No. Of course you don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden, I guess. Oh, is that the name of that song? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was from the Little Mermaid soundtrack. No, that's Under the Sea. Yeah. It's a different song. You just said, <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> Well, if you want to learn more about the octopuses or the beetles or the Little Mermaid, I'm pretty sure you can find something about all three of them on our site. Just use the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And now it is time for Listener Mail. Yes, Josh. Andy in Houston says this. Okay. Hey, guys. Huge fan. After listening to your customs podcast about bringing items from embargoed countries, took me back to some stuff I did in college. During the Columbus Day break in my freshman year at Clarkson University, 20 miles from the U.S.-Canadian border, a buddy and myself decided to go to Montreal for the day. Once we got there, we bummed around the city and bought some Cuban cigars, which is, I guess, what you do in Montreal. <laughs> uh, we decided that if we'd wait until we got back to campus to... En- uh, we decided that we'd wait to get back to campus to enjoy them. Uh, we pulled off the bands and figured we'd be just fine. Uh, we got to the border, and the officers asked us why we were in Canada for six hours, and we just said tourism. Uh, We were then instructed to pull into a garage so we could get searched. I guess two college kids hanging out in Montreal, returning relatively soon, threw up the red flag. Uh, We were told to exit the car so the dogs could check it out. We were brought inside and asked if we had any illegal substances, which uh, we quickly handed over the cigars and were terrified. They said we could be charged with willingly smuggling illegal items, uh, and since they pulled the bands off, they could have charged them with illegally altering material with the intent of bringing it into the USA, which is exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said in the end they let him off with a warning, and his buddy's cup holder is still broken to this day from the car search. We were so angry at customs that we decided to spite America by blasting Rush the whole way home. <laughs> it seemed funny at the time. So I guess they blasted Spirit of Radio and said, or we'll smoke our Cubans. Or Bastille Day or something. Yeah. Nice. So that's Andy in Houston. I think in Houston... Houston, Texas is what he says. But he went to school 20 miles from the Canadian border. See, that's a little shady if you ask me. No wonder he's throwing up red flags. Talk about climate change. Yeah. Oh. Well, if you want to shame me for that terrible pun or you have a story you want to share with us, you got anything? Let's plug Atlanta first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, We are having our Atlanta All-Star Trivia event, uh, which is hopefully going to kick off a nationwide tour. And it is going to be October 13th. At the Five Seasons Brewery, Westside, uh, sometime in the evening. We'll get a time stamp uh, soon. Just show up sometime after 6, probably. Yeah, I would say it probably right in there. And should we announce our special guests? I think we can now, sure. Yeah, dude, we got some three got three people verified we're very excited about. Yes. So go ahead. Uh, we've got John Hodgman. John Hodgman is coming to Atlanta for to play trivia. Yeah, just to play trivia. He's not just us. going down the block like nope. in New York. He's coming down to Atlanta to play with us. From Brooklyn. Yeah. 
And also from Brooklyn. Uh, the esteemed Joe Randazzo, uh-huh. who is the editor of the Fine Fine Onion newspaper. Yes. America's finest news source. Joe and John are both coming down. Yep. And then uh, as of yesterday, we landed local legend uh, Dave Willis, who is the co-creator of Aqua Teen Hunger Force mm-hmm. and Squidbillies. Yeah. And On the Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. Absolutely, and we are super, super psyched that Dave is joining us. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're working on a couple of other people, but um, if no one else shows up, to me, that's like that's a stud team right there. That is a stud team. We'll see if we can beat everybody. I don't even care about that. I'm just excited to get those people together. I'm going to keep my mouth shut about Ohio, Virginia presidents. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we missed that one. So if you want to come play trivia with us and Hodgman and Randazzo and Willis, um, we're going to be hanging out. Yeah. At Five Seasons Brewery on Wednesday, October 13th. You got it. And just send us an email about whatever you want. How about that? Use your creativity. Uh, we have no thesis for you today. Um, just wrap it up, spank it on the bottom, and send it to Stuff Podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?